Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi, Waiting Warriors. Welcome to another episode this week. I'm glad to have you here, and I'm super happy to have Lindsay with us. And oh my goodness, I forgot to ask, how do you say your name? The last name is Swoboda. Swoboda. Okay. It's a hard one. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is spelled... Well, like maybe S-W-O-B-O-D-A. I won't. W-O-B-O-D-A. Yeah, okay. it's, it's Czech, like of Czech descent. Okay. Um, it's my, uh, I took my husband's last name. My mm-hmm. maiden name was Crabtree, which was far easier to say and spell. Like as a spouse that has Swoboda as the last name, I have to be, I understand. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if it makes you feel any better, I feel like my last name is pretty simple, Bowler, and yet people yeah. say it wrong all the time. So it seems like no matter what your name is, people are going to say it wrong. But anyways, <laughs> you know, a little tidbit for all you listeners. That's her last name. Um, but Lindsay is a marine wife, a freelance writer, and has a blog called Uplifting Anchor, which if you can get from her name. She's an uplifting anchor. She's a marine wife. Get it. Um, but we're going to talk about hope today because that is uplifting. And if you look at her blog or her feed on Instagram, that's a definite theme for her life. And so we're going to talk to her about that today. So hi, Lindsay. And want to introduce yourself a little bit more and your family and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so you've pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as like, I'm a Marine spouse. We've been married for 10 years. My husband is my high school sweetheart. Uh, fun fact, we met at 17. We are 32 now. Do the math. It's been a long time. Um, and I have one daughter that is almost four years old and we have spent almost the past decade on overseas tours. So my daughter has never set foot in the continental U.S. as a resident yet. Like we were just in Texas and we went to a drive-thru and she was like, what? What is this? <laughs> so um, I think we've had overseas more than most, but it has been an exciting journey. And also I think why I center a lot of my life around hope, because I think it's been a lot of choices to find the good. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting that your daughter just saw a drive-through that is not something that I would have thought that with being an overseas military family you would lose that experience I guess if you I mean I guess they're around I guess I'm not like outwardly seeking them like we were in Morocco like in, in Morocco is in Africa and there is like McDonald's you can I guess you can drive through and I just wasn't that interested in going to McDonald's. You know, like when I was in Texas, I was like, we got to go get this like burrito drive through, like Tex-Mex drive through. Like that's exciting drive through Mm -hmm. for me. But um, I mean, I do miss like Starbucks drive throughs. Like Mm -hmm. I miss that sort of part of my life, but I've also gotten really good at like walking everywhere and just enjoying whatever the country I'm in has to offer. Yeah. 
Okay, that's a good reminder for me. This isn't what we were going to talk about today, guys, but it's a good reminder to me because we just moved from the West Coast. We've lived on the West Coast our our whole lives. My husband grew up in Nevada. I grew up in California, and then we did Idaho and Utah, where other areas that we lived when we were married, and now we're in Kentucky, which, like, apparently we're Kentucky, Tennessee, which is, like, kind of the South. I went to school at Western Kentucky University. Okay. So is it the South or not? I, I don't it's even know. It's the South. But it's very, very different from the West Coast and that sure. the places that we're used to. And I found myself complaining so much because there are just little things that aren't here that we're back at home or, you know, the five states that I kind of come home. But now you're saying this, I'm like, oh, I am complaining too much, guys. No, I think everybody's like hard. We can only work off like what we know, mm-hmm. right? Like what I knew at 19 is far different than like what I know at 32. Thank goodness. Uh, but that's also not to say that like, I don't miss things about the United States. I just think yeah. I'm just living where I'm at now. And I think sometimes complaining like relieves your stress and you have to get it out a little bit. But then I do think it's always, it's like reality check and maybe not compare your heart to someone else's or even compare your life to anyone else's, but just say like, well, here's what I do have and here's what can be good about this area. I mean, it ties into hope and the fact that like, I'm always hopeful I can find the adventure in a place. Mm -hmm. I'm always, always looking for that. And I know how you feel. I mean, when I moved to Africa, like that was like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Uh, And I consider myself like a fairly adaptable person and Mm -hmm. personality. I kind of thrive on change. Like the one getting married didn't scare me and having a child didn't scare me, but like taking a house to live forever is terrifying to me. Like that is like, Oh, I got to pick it. Cause nowhere at this moment besides my family feels like home. Like I know that's kind of cheesy, but my husband is my home. So it's hard for me to be like, Oh, I'm going to go live in a state somewhere in a town. So like that feels very hard for me. So yeah. 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 It's so interesting. So we'll, we'll center back in. Sorry. I took yes. us on that little tangent. Um, but hope is a clear visible theme, at least from my point of view on your blog and Instagram. I, I'm curious why, like did something happen in your experiences as a military spouse that caused hope to be a theme or like it, it's just a theme in your life and work. So was there something that happened or is it just something that's kind of been inside you? Well, I think sometimes we have to go down to go up again. And when I started life as a spouse, my husband was already in deployment season, but we weren't married yet. So we were dating. He went to Iraq the first time and he was in kind of a cycle where he was on for nine months, home for three. And he did that three years back to back, but we weren't married. Well, we were married for the last one. Um, But even then, like we hadn't lived together yet. So I hadn't ever lived on a military installation. I feel like I was on the border of military life, but I wasn't fully like a person yet during those deployments. And then we moved to California together. He did some schooling and then we ended up moving to Korea for two years to Seoul, South Korea. And then we didn't face another deployment until we moved to Hawaii after that. And that is when we kind of had a discussion on the beach. We put off 
having a child for a long time um, on personal preference. If we just had a lot of things we wanted to do. And I think I knew going into life as a spouse, the commitment as a mother was going to look different than I ever imagined because my spouse might not be there for all of it. Mm-hmm. So he was like, well, do you want to be pregnant alone? Or do you want to have the baby alone? Because you're probably going to have to do one of these options. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess we'll all, like, I'll be pregnant alone. And that is what happened. Like we got pregnant. I found out five days after he deployed that I was pregnant. Like I couldn't even get a hold of them. Craziness. Everybody knew before he did that this was happening. Um, but that was mainly because there was a very scary moment where I thought I was losing um, the baby and had to get all these different tests and things done. And I couldn't get a hold of him. And I was like, how did I just find out this like miraculous news? And now I can't even tell you, but my parents were coming into town and I had to tell them before they came because I wanted them to be prepared. If I was going to be at the bottom of a hole feeling very upset about what was going on. So Anyway, all that to say, my daughter is here. She is healthy and safe, thank goodness. But I did go through all 36 weeks. He arrived home when I was 36 weeks. Mm -hmm. So he got home for the birth, which I feel very lucky about. But 30 days into that, he said, I am leaving again. So he shipped out again. Um, I had her first year, pretty much just the two of us, which we turned into a grand adventure of, I just like put her on me and traveled everywhere. I mean, she took like 15 flights her first year. I was living in Hawaii and was just like, this is beautiful, but I need to be like around people Mm -hmm. to get through this. Like your first year as a mother, I just think it's just a different, Mm -hmm. it's a whole different thing. But that took me down to a very like dark place. Like when he came home, I just felt like there was a silence between us, like not a arguing or not just like a, a really hard time reconnecting in a sense that now that I've done five deployments, I really think about that. And I'm like, I don't know if the deployment is harder or if the reintegration is harder. I believe yeah. for us personally, the reintegration feels harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very troubling time where I did lose a lot of hope. And I just feel like I, it's just you're torn. Like I enjoyed my daughter so much, but I missed him. And then of course, as soon as he got back, like we had some time together and then we moved to Africa. And it was like, what, what? Like, this is such a great adventurous life we're living, but like I'm moving and I don't really feel like I know you. So um, after that first year, I'm trying to kind of wrap this story up. But after that first year, we, I knew I needed to do something creatively to kind of like pull a piece of myself back in because I know not every mom does this, but I feel like my first year, I just, the only way I survived was kind of making it all about her. And if I could go back and do it differently, I would have encouraged myself to keep pieces of me, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of kind of being like, this is the only thing I can do. But I also think that's because I was bordering on like, I'm depressed and I'm anxious and you're not here. And this isn't anything what I thought this was this experience of having a baby was going to be. So like hip bottom of the barrel, we're in Africa. I had started the blog at that point and felt like, okay, storytelling is helping me process all of these emotions. But once we were there, I was like, I think I still need to really talk to someone. So I went and saw a therapist and they said, Mm -hmm. Hey, I think you have anxiety. And I think like you have some things 
here are some tools to now start working through those things that you have a name for this and mm -hmm. you don't have to continue to live like this. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was ready to like seek those resources that I kind of started like coming, like climbing back up the surface and rededicating myself to God and just like digging back into our marriage. And it just was a very, I think we think like periods of struggle can be short, but I think sometimes they are long and you don't feel like you're going to get out. Yeah. Um, and I'm honest about that because I think there could be listeners that are in those places that feel like you might not surface, but I hope that you know you can mm -hmm. and that your resources are out there. So anyway, the whole thing of centering around hope is just because I do believe we have to work for it. I believe happiness is a choice. And when I was like thinking about writing again, this word uplifting anchor like popped into my head and I went and I like Googled it. And the first thing that came up was Hebrews 619, which was, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, mm -hmm. firm and secure. And I think I can't get through life without hope, without knowing like there are going to be hard times and they're inevitable, but it's how I like deal with those hard times now moving forward. That's how I want to live. So, yeah. So how do you get yourself? I'm sure rough times still happen. Sure. You. So how do you get yourself to transition to a place of feeling in the darkness, feeling angry, feeling all those hope, the hopelessness mm -hmm. to, to get yourself back to feeling hope? Uh, for me, I think it's about, one, like I talked about earlier, knowing that there's help out there because sometimes we can't process things by ourselves. So I, like I am not a counselor or a therapist or anything. So if someone is feeling that way, I would just encourage them to know, like go out and seek that help. It's really hard to take that first step. And sometimes it's hard to find someone you connect with, right? And you feel yeah. safe enough to talk to, but the resources are out there. And for me, it's being able to feel all the things. I am a very like emotional person. Even, even as like a child, I feel things very deeply. Um, I'm very sensitive. And sometimes in this life, we live in a culture in our military community of like, suck it up, buttercup, like move yeah. on. Like it's, you're fine. Like put, put, pull on your big girl pants or whatever. And yeah. I, I'm all for like, there is a different mentality I'm in when we're in the middle of a deployment, mm -hmm. right? Even this past Christmas, like it's been, I think seven years since I've been home like and seen our parents for Christmas. But like I, you get in that place of like, Oh, like this doesn't feel good or whatever this is. But instead of brushing that feeling off, mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot better at like sitting down and sitting with that feeling. And yeah. it's uncomfortable. Like none of us want to sit around and feel bad or we sometimes feel bad for feeling bad. And it's yeah. like, well, that doesn't solve. It doesn't get you to any kind of solution. So mm -hmm. I let myself feel it. I see if I can process it by myself and kind of pinpoint where I'm at. And then if I can't, I try to reach out for that help, whether it be like talking with a family member or talking with, you know, a licensed professional that can kind of help me work through whatever that is I need to process. And once you're on the other side of processing it, well, then you have that choice of like, now am I going to 
stay buried here in this, or am I going to choose to then look around me and see everything that's good? So, because I do believe there is a lot of good in every day. It's yeah. just, we have to like slow down and notice it. Yeah. It almost seems like you're not dismissing the attitude of put your big girl pants on and get to work or it's because I know a lot of military spouses. Like I know I even use that phrase sometime of like, okay, right now is just a time where I got to buck up and mm-hmm. handle this, but it doesn't sound like you're dismissing that, but you are, you're putting steps in place before you do that. You make sure that you're in a healthy spot so that way you can pull up your pants. So you're, it sounds like you're giving yourself the tools and if you don't have the tools, then you go find the tools. So then you can boost yourself up. Yes, I agree with that. And I think everybody handles stress differently, right? Everybody internalizes it differently or externalizes it differently. I mean, for me, I just learned I spent a lot of years like pressing everything down Mm -hmm. to the point where then I couldn't crawl out easily. So yeah, I definitely still like suck it up. There's a lot of those moments. <laughs> I mean, we were just talking before we recorded, like we're the Marine Corps. Like our mm-hmm. slogan is like Semper Fidelis, like always faithful, but they tell the families like Semper Gumby, like Gumby the green guy with the donkey or whatever he was, the pony pokey. I don't know. I don't know. Um, for like the, he was like a claymation character. Uh, like that was like a cartoon or something for yeah. kids, but um, to be like always flexible. And that's true. You do need to remain flexible, but I also think you need to know yourself and be able to pinpoint like, okay, this is a stressful lifestyle. Um, And we are living in a time where there are so many resources available to us that um, if you are struggling with something, you can figure out someone to connect with on that or find a blog post about it or find a podcast about it. I mean, you just have to be willing, I think, to, to recognize the fact that, Hey, I might need to like reach out and get a different resource. Right. And it almost feels like from my experience is different. You can maybe handle stress differently at different times in your life. Cause there are some times where I feel like I'm walking through a tornado and I got my guns blazing and nobody can touch me. And then other times maybe something just as big or something smaller completely wipes me flat. And it's like, I don't know why I can't handle this, but I can't handle it. Um, so yeah, I like, I like that self-awareness kind of Mm -hmm. that you're bringing up is important. Um, something else that you talked about in our emails is that you really value and use, um, kind of keeping yourself in check and your expectations, keeping those out of whack. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Like how, what, what, what does that look like for you? Expectation management, I think is huge. And I think it's huge in a marriage, especially like when I, I don't know about you, but like when I got married, I think like you bring a lot of things in from like your family life or his family life or her family, whoever you're just bringing things into the relationship that you might not even realize. And we got married like very young. I mean, maybe not compared to some, but we were 22 and, um, 
I look back on that and I'm like, oh, her emotional capacity on like arguing or like being productive and how we spoke to each other was just, just totally different from how we handle things now and how we like experience each other in our marriage. But for my expectations, I feel like I don't want to say I keep them low because that sounds sort of Debbie Downery, but, um, but I do. I do keep them low. I don't feel like in this military life I can walk around and expect a whole lot in the terms of like, it, it, you're very out of control mm-hmm. as far as like what could happen from month to month, from day to day. That's the same with first responder spouses. Like what, so what do we have control over? I do have control over my expectations of my day. Like I have control over writing 20 things to do that legitimately won't get done and they'll make me feel bad that I didn't cross them all off. Or I can pick three things that happened that day and maybe two of them are like, one is related to my family, another is a personal growth goal, and the third one is probably playing in some corner of my house that's like horrible. <laughs> so I just think if I can keep my expectations in check as far as like, you know, we're at the point in our post now where we're starting to talk about where we're going. Mm-hmm. Like where we could go. Well, and you're like, well, of course we can make that list of where we'd like to go. Mm-hmm. And we might go on a place that's not even on that list. Right. So it's just, I think relinquishing control over all the outer things and kind of centering back in on like, what do I want my family culture to be? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be in my day-to-day life? Which is like generally a positive person. And then if I'm not feeling that way, what's causing that and how can I like get back on track with things? Mm-hmm. Um, and also checking like my family and friends expectations of us as a family takes a lot of the weight off um, yeah. of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it seems like you're not checking the expectation of having a happy life. You're just checking the expectation of what a happy life looks like. And you're adapting that from being kind of what is typical for a civilian to what it can can physically do right now. Right. Right. I think sometimes I get caught up personally for me. I am like, I, I write a blog, I, I'm writing, and then I'll have this moment of like, well, am I doing enough? Like, I'm not like so-and-so has so many followers and uh, they're doing this and she's got a business. And I know that sounds, it's ridiculous, but I don't think it's uncommon, especially no. for as much as we're all online lately, which is mm-hmm. like, I am not dissing the online world. It helps me do so many wonderful things. My daughter like FaceTimes with her grandparents every day. Like, hello, I'm not going to diss that, but I am going to diss like our expectations of like, what can we personally accomplish in a day? I am in a season where my husband is home. I am in a season where I have a four-year-old who is at home with me. There, I'm just in every season is going to look different. There are times where I can like push hard and still go like the the dreams are always there that I want to work on. The things that I want to do in my life are always there. But I have to like check that expectation of myself and my family and what it all looks like as this big puzzle piece. And I think when that's clear, I am pretty happy every day. Like when I'm not trying to be a hundred things, I'm, I'm a lot happier of a person. But there are some people that like thrive in the hustle. It's just not me. Do you feel like you've ever had to let go of something for um, 
has something been difficult to let go of to address the needs of a certain season that you've been in? Yes. I mean, I feel like becoming a parent changes everything. (laughs) Um, Like, I guess my first, it's interesting. I'm doing this book right now called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, Cameron. I don't know. It's, it's not on my desk right now, but it's like you do all these exercises and artistic. I'm always just trying to like build up myself as a create, like, I know I'm a creative person. I need to like help serve that part of me to be Mm -hmm. like good to the, my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things she was talking about was like, when have you hit a creative U-turn in your life? Which is what this question reminds me of. And when we first got married, I was a professional dancer, but so I could have, I, yeah, I worked for Carnival Cruise Lines as like a showgirl with feathers and everything. <laughs> Woo! Um, and in like various theaters across New York, or across New York, well, I was in New York, but across like the United States and all these different things. But getting married, like we knew one of us, like that, I, I don't know. I thought like, oh, I'll keep performing. I'll just leave and take contracts. Mm-hmm. And then that's not what felt good. So it was a, a pivot. And I gave up that performing part of my life, but then I started teaching full time. And then I found out, oh, I love this so much more than I loved performing. Like, I'm glad I had the background because it helped my students. But then at the same time, I love like teaching and going home (laughs) the day instead of like living and breathing on top of the people I work with, which is a lot of performing (laughs) contracts. So um, that was a U-turn where I feel like I gave up the dance, but I gained something else. I think we're constantly doing that. Like, then I gave up teaching to have a child. Like mm-hmm. I maybe could have figured out how to continue to make that work, but I, at that time, wasn't getting paid enough to make like the daycare worth it. Right. So then, but then it transitioned into this writing thing. I just feel like we're constantly like pivoting or looking and seeing what's serving me right now. And as much as I've had to give up, I've gained. Every give up has been a gain. Yeah. I love that. Instead of looking at it as a loss or giving something up, it's a pivot. That's a really, I think that's a really, really good difference in your paradigm and how you're looking at things. Um, I could ask so much more, but I try to keep it short for you listeners. Maybe if the, the, you listeners need to let me know if you want them to be longer or not. I just feel like I could go on forever. But we'll go to the last question. Okay. What is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Ooh, I had to, so I went and I'm a writing nerd and I went and looked up like I was like, okay, I need to know what thriving means. Mm-hmm. Specifically from like the dictionary definition. And it said to grow vigorously, to flourish, to prosper. And I have decided that my key to thriving is to really focus on the season I'm in, Mm -hmm. to pray about where I'm supposed to be centered during that time and be okay with that. So, like every... Yeah. Every year I, I do the word a year thing. Mm-hmm. Like last year, my, my word was to flow because we were moving continents. We moved from Africa to South America. And I was like, all right, there's not, there might not be a whole lot of time for me because now I have like a child that's aware we're moving. Yeah. 
need to understand, like, I got to learn a whole nother language. Like I just, there's a lot of things going on. So I need to flow with this year. And that really served me like throughout the year. I just feel like I really like dug into that. Mm-hmm. And this year I was like, well, where am I at this year? Well, we could be moving again this year. Who knows? But I feel like what I'm repeating on a daily basis to my preschooler is like, make good choices. Like, what you put in your heart and your mind matters. So like, let's make good choices. And for me, I kind of centered my word this year around discern, Ooh, which is like to have, a, yeah. yeah, to have a keen insight. So just think every season I'm taking pauses and that can be every year. That can be every three months. That can be day to day. We got to stop and like <laughs> say a hallelujah to get through the day. But my key to thriving is just taking that pause and really realizing like what's in front of me right now. And, like what can I be tending to that's important? Yeah. Gross. That's really, I like it, man. I love these podcasts. Like I hope you listeners get something out of it, but I like it because I get to talk to all of you awesome women out there and you make me think, and I hope that's what's happening for the listeners is, you don't need to be Lindsay, no. but I hope you're listening to what Lindsay is saying and it's making you think, how can I take what Lindsay's doing and have it serve me and my life? So thank you. Those are very beautiful, well-said words. You're, you're very <laughs> good with your words. Oh. Well, thank you. I spend a lot of time like tapping away at words that aren't working. So like, <laughs> trying to put things together and for the listeners like no like like no one's life is perfect and no version of an instagram square or curated whatever like everyone is just i think just trying to do their best or at least that's what i'm really trying to go through my day now thinking too is like i'm just hoping that person next to me is trying their best yeah and like extending kindness to them and kindness to myself so yeah Amen. Well, listeners, if you want to get some more of Lindsay or connect with her, look up. It's just upliftinganchor.com, right? That's all yep. I can right? Yeah. Right. And that's my, my like handle on Instagram yeah. is uplifting anchor. Perfect. Yep. Okay. Well, find her, connect with her, tell her what you love, say thank you. Cause all of these awesome interviews take time from their day. And I know it's later for you than it is for me. So I appreciate you staying awake with us. So thank you listeners. Check out Lindsay, read the blog, especially if you need a little bit of hope in your day. So thanks again, Lindsay. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Kids Shake. Kids Shake is a picky eater approved nutritional shake developed by a doctor for kids. It's the quick and easy way to get your kids nutrition they need with no added sugar, artificial sweeteners, or the sugar alcohols. It's just what their growing bodies need and none of those extra fillers that I personally have found in so many other of the healthy options. Kids Shake is gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free, and affordable. Go to kidsshake.com and that is K-I-D-Z-S-H-A-K-E and all Waiting Warriors listeners can use the code MILITARY15, no space in between, MILITARY15 to get their 15% off. Enjoy. I know we are.